Go find my headphones, I said. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Guide to Living Inspired. We are going to be going uh, deep into the Passover, laws of Passover, preparation for Passover, and then we're going to start to run through the Seder. Okay, um, so let's just begin. A couple of things that I neglected to say last time, and I'm going to just run through real quick for those who weren't here last week. So there is a law starting. Uh, every Jewish house is basically becoming crazy OCD right now, cleaning every crumb of leavened products from their house. That means anything that's made from the five grains, wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye, that is um, essentially leaven, which means mixed with water and allowed to sit for a certain amount of time. So that means like granola, granola bars, cereal, oatmeal, um, cake, crackers, cookies, and then all sorts of stuff you had no idea actually is made of those those ingredients, makeup, vitamins, um, all sorts of random stuff. So essentially on Passover, we eat only stuff that has a special certification for Passover. And some people go hardcore and they make all their own food from scratch, like old school. People um, make, you know, they juice their own oranges. They make their, they churn their own butter. Like people go hardcore um, old fashioned. Some people um, actually in certain Hasidic communities, they ca- they bring live fish to their house and they put the fish in the bathtub and they uh, they make their own fresh fish. And like people really try to get away from all um, processed foods as much as possible on Passover, just because we want to try to make sure that everything is 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 a, we're avoiding those those issues, which uh, you know in the modern world you have no idea what ingredients are made of, you have no idea what you're eating ever. So Passover is essentially a seven day cleanse diet, super cleanse diet from the toxic effects of gluten and for all you anti-gluten people this is your holiday so the the idea is essentially as follows what's the difference between bread and mat and matzah does anyone know oh bread is risen so what's the difference qualitatively what's the difference between bread and matzah. Same amount of flour, same amount of water. Time. Time is one of the ingredients. When something sits, it becomes stinky. It becomes bready. All right? Jesse, you got that? Wait, are you guys together? What? How did Jesse get on Ari's screen? <laughs> wow, that was trippy. All right. Um, so... I, Actually, come to think about it, I've never seen you two in the same place at the same time. I'm starting to think that, wow, similar smile, interesting. All right, that explains why Jesse never shows up to any events. Um, <laughs> all right, so so um, one of the ingredients is time, and the Talmud says that chametz, which is the leaven products, represents staleness, letting laziness, the effects of earthiness, of just not, and it says that you, when you do mitzvahs, you should run to do them. It says, don't let your matzahs become chametz. 
And the Talmud says, don't let your mitzvahs become chametz. Run and do things with fervor and with zest and with zealousness. Okay, that's number one. What's the second ingredient that's different with matzah and bread? With time comes, like John said, risenness. What is that risenness? Hot air. The bread is made up of the same ingredients as the matzah, but it's puffed up to look double the size. And therefore, the rabbis teach us that chametz represents arrogance, ego, puffing yourself up to be bigger than you really are. Matzah, on the other hand, represents being what you are, embracing who you are without any airs or fanfare or or presumptions, just being true to who you really are and just being humble and simple. That's what matzah represents. And therefore, we run away from chametz in this week that represents our incubation of as a nation, our birth, that for that first week of our life as a nation, we want to try to be completely pure of ego and learn to experience what life is like when you're just running to do mitzvahs without any without any self-agenda, without any personal agenda, without any self-aggrandizement. Does that make sense? So that's that's one of the symbolisms here. So um, at this point, we're basically going through our houses, getting rid of all our comets, and the, that which we want to keep because it's worth a lot of money or whatever, we are going to sell to someone who isn't Jewish. There's contracts to do it. It's a real sale. Uh, every Jewish community sells their chametz to somebody, and then after Passover, that person is usually kind enough to sell it back to us so we can get our stuff back. But it really legitimately cannot be yours. There are three prohibitions on Passover. One is to own chametz that is uh, edible, um, olive-sized piece of chametz is a problem to be owned. Number two is to eat chametz. You cannot eat even a single drop of chametz on Passover. And the third is to get pleasure from chametz. That would be like if you have chametz in your hand cream, if you have uh, um, oatmeal-infused hand cream. So that could be a problem on Passover. Okay, three issues. So we sell our chametz, and then the night before Passover, this year, Tuesday night, we search throughout our entire house looking for chametz. There's a blessing that we make. The blessing is al-bir chametz, which means on the destruction of the chametz. You commanded us on the destruction of the chametz. We search throughout our entire house with a candle, trying to find if there's anything we forgot about, any place we forgot to check, to make sure that we put all of our bread products away in a certain place that we're going to lock away or tape off or whatever so we know not to go there on Passover. You also can't see the chametz on Passover. And then the next day on Wednesday this year, so up until, I don't have the times in front of me, but up until the fourth hour of the day you're allowed, and this is Jewish time, meaning the day is divided into 12 equal portions from sunrise until sunset, and the fourth hour you are at that point no longer allowed to eat chametz fourth hour of the day. It's usually around uh, 1040 or so in the morning. Each community, you can look it up. There's calendars to see when that is. Then the next hour, you can't get pleasure from it. And then the next hour after that, you have to burn it. And we um, we have bonfires all over town. There's usually a massive one by Pimlico Racetrack. And we basically burn our chametz. And then we say another 
uh, little thing having in mind to like that any else other stuff in our possession is no longer ours, and then we get ready for Passover. So, um, any questions on that? Wednesday before Passover, Wednesday day is a fast day for anyone who's a firstborn son. If you are a firstborn son, meaning you don't have an older sister or an older brother from either of your parents, right? Meaning even if one of your parents had an older kid, but your other one didn't, so that would make you a firstborn. So that makes you have to fast on Wednesday in honor of the firstborn children being sons being spared in Egypt. So the custom is, is that everybody hears a siyum. A siyum is a completion of a tractate of the Talmud. And when you hear a siyum of, or participate in a siyum, a completion of a tractate of the Talmud, so you do not have to fast. So the custom is in synagogue that after every shachris minyan, after every prayer minyan that morning, there someone finishes a, a tractate so that anyone there who's a firstborn no longer has to fast. That is the custom. The custom is not really to fast on that day, but if you didn't hear something completed, then you would have to. So if anyone happens to be a firstborn, let me know. I'll hook you up. I'm going to probably be making one this year. So um, we just finished learning a, a tractate of the Talmud, and I'm happy to finish that on Wednesday for anyone who needs it. Okay, then going into Pesach. All right, let's go. Uh, you know what? I think this is a lot. I think we can continue next week going into the laws of the Seder. There's one more law that I neglected to say, which I think is really important for anyone who wants to really hardcore keep all the laws of this time period, is that we do not um, do laundry the entire seven days of Passover. Okay, So you want to do your laundry beforehand. And we don't get haircuts for a long period of time after Passover until Lagba Omer. Some people have a custom not to get haircuts for the whole 49 days of the Omer period. So some for just 33 days. So anyone who has that issue, some some of us don't. But uh, anyone who wants to get a haircut should do so in the next two days as opposed to after Passover when it's too late. Questions? Comments? Okay, so we're going to go through tomorrow quickly through the main points of the Seder with some overarching themes of how to really make the night meaningful. And we'll talk a lot about the uh, the customs. And it, it, we'll try to do it quickly. It'll maybe take a little more than 15 minutes, but we'll try to go through everything tomorrow for anyone who wants to do it on their own. And I also have a Pesach guide. If anyone is interested, hit me up. If you're, if you're planning on doing one with your parents and you want some insights and laws of how to run the Seder. All right. In the meantime, it's been amazing. Keep up the good work.